Welcome to Next of Kin, the Parents Podcast. I'm your host, Emma. I'm a British expat living in Dubai, UAE with my partner and baby girl. Join me on my expat motherhood journey. I'll be discussing different topics each week and we'll be joined by some wonderful guests. Now, if you're a mum, you're short on time. So let's jump right in. This week hasn't quite gone to plan. I was hoping to bring you a few more ideas of things to do to escape the summer heat. I had grand plans of family things we were going to do, things we were going to do on Father's Day. I was going to make a fabulous reel for you all, (laughs) coming up with family things to do ideas. But poor old Bonnie, she's been sick all weekend, first part of this week. She's come down with a horrible virus, bless her. She's all better now, we're out the other end, but I... Well, I was being an awful mum because I just put down her grouchiness to being under the weather with teething. She's eight and a half months now, but still no teeth in sight. She wouldn't eat anything. She wouldn't let me go near her mouth. So I put this all down to teething, obviously. I even took her around to my friend's house who has a baby who's around the same age. And again, we just put it down to teething. So thank God that other baby didn't catch anything from Bonnie. I do, however, feel so lucky to have the great healthcare that we have here in Dubai when things like this happen. It wasn't even 6am and I was able to WhatsApp her paediatrician and take her straight into hospital for a once over. Also happy for the easy access to paracetamol baby suppositories here. (laughs) What kind of baby does not like cowpaw? Apparently mine. My mum tells me about how when I was about this age, I managed to get the lid off the cowpaw and start guzzling it down. It doesn't seem like it really phased her back in the 90s. Obviously, that's awful. But yeah, Bonnie won't even go near the stuff. So thank God for that. (laughs) Anyway, after four days and nights of having Bonnie attached to me like a little baby koala, you know she co-sleeps already, but co-sleeping next to me wasn't even close enough. She literally had to be on top of me. But we're finally at the other end. I'm sure we will then be hit by teething very soon, seeing she still has no teeth. But this all means that business-wise, it's been pretty unproductive. I'm just grateful to be at a stage where suppliers are all sampling and not really needing much input from me. So I could pretty much write off a few days. But oh my God, I'm dreaming of Ms. Rachel. She actually haunts my dreams. We all know there's a time and a place for screen time. And that time is a poorly unsettled baby who needs a duvet day. A mummy who needs a bit of a break from the whinging. So Bonnie only likes this one episode of Miss Rachel on repeat. In fact, she only likes half of one episode of Miss Rachel on repeat. So we have to just keep playing that. And so, as I said, I am very, very grateful to you, Miss Rachel. You really brighten her day. But oh my God, you're haunting my dreams. I go to sleep singing open, shut. Yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to. Anyway. The whole weaning and routine mum lemmas from the past episode are more prevalent than ever because obviously she hasn't wanted to eat. She hasn't wanted to be in a routine. So do head over to nextofkin.ae on Instagram and help her mum out with any tips. Actually, the last couple of days she has started eating, which is fine. But my God, washing her up after. Is that a seven, eight month thing that they just hate nappy changes? They hate getting changed. They hate being cleaned up after a meal. Does this end or is this, <laughs> does this just carry on now for the next few years? Whenever I come near her with a wet wipe, she's going to scream bloody murder. Anyway, let's cue the music because I actually want to go a bit deeper with the topic for this podcast. 
This week I want to get a little bit more serious with you because as you know, I do want this to be a chilled friendly listen, but as I was brainstorming and trying to come up with ways that I can actually uh, give you some value from this podcast instead of me just wittering on about myself, um, (laughs) there's one area that I do have experience in and that's having a baby over here in Dubai and not being married. I was kind of putting this off because it feels like a bit of a controversial topic or a topic that maybe requires a bit more thought. And obviously, I'm a sleep deprived mum who's just started podcasting and doesn't know what she's doing. So I was going to dodge this for a little while. (laughs) But over on the girls Facebook groups, I'm the one that's always trying to comment with advice and support for those who are going through the same thing. So I thought, here we go. Episode three. Let's talk about it. I always end up with loads of DMs from these girls in my own inbox and they're always so worried about being pregnant in Dubai and it's exactly how I felt. So if I can ease and help just one more pregnant mum from this episode, then I'm going to count that as a success. So let me start off then by telling you about my personal situation. My partner Rich and I have been together for, I don't know, six, seven I don't know, quite a while, a decent long while, quite a few years. And I've always been straight up with him that I wanted babies. (laughs) He hadn't really thought that deeply about them. Maybe he's just a typical bloke in that way. But I, again, always assured him that I didn't actually want babies in my 20s. I wanted to focus on my career and have fun in my 20s. But as soon as 30s hit, I was going to be keen because I didn't want to put it off um, and experience fertility issues if I didn't have to, basically. But back when we talked about this, when he was in his 20s, obviously he just heard that it wouldn't be any time soon, so he would nod and agree. Then in November 2021, we were chatting and realised that he's got his 30th coming up soon in the February. So he honestly goes quiet. He looks traumatised, like he's seen a ghost. (laughs) And, And he was just remembering that he had agreed that we can have a baby from like 30 onwards. But I assured him, don't worry, we've just moved to Dubai, let's spend a year or two, focus on our careers, travel, enjoy Dubai, we'll have another chat in two years time. So he looks at me relieved and he says the famous line, oh good, I was just worried that you were going to hand me a baby on my 30th birthday or something. So fast forward a couple of months and we're living it up in Abu Dhabi on a staycay. We're at Awathba, so another amazing staycay spot for those who haven't been. It's out in the desert. They literally have a snow room in their spa. I'm not even joking. So I've really splashed out on this staycay because it's Rich's 30th birthday. But we did decide on the way we should probably stop and get a pregnancy test. Not really thinking much of it because I honestly always thought I was pregnant. Anyway, I'm sure you've guessed the end of the story. <laughs> After saying, I thought you were going to hand me a, birth- a baby on my 30th birthday. Not quite, but I did hand him a positive pregnancy test. <laughs> now, until January of 2022, it was not even legal to have a baby unmarried in the UAE. And technically, I got pregnant that January. I think they counted my dates literally from the 1st of January. So I was part of that very first cohort of those unmarried mothers. So I don't think I even realised it was legal when I first found out. I remember sitting frantically Googling in the spa as I realised I obviously could no longer utilise the snow room or any of these great fancy rooms in the spa because I was pregnant. So I sat there Googling whilst Rich was enjoying it. But I was searching all the Facebook groups. I was DMing anyone I could find. 
And this is exactly why I try and give the best advice to anyone who DMs me, because I have been there. And whenever I searched the groups, all I could see was this outdated advice and there was nothing useful at all on Google. Even when I posted myself anonymously asking for advice on the groups, obviously, and no one knew, (laughs) I was the first cohort of mothers, so I was still getting really outdated advice. I even tried to reach out to a lawyer at one point, and they wanted 3,000 dirhams just for an initial 30-minute chat, so I didn't go along with that. Some of you are probably wondering why we didn't just get married. With me being one of the first, our lovely supportive doctor and midwives and everyone were also concerned that we wouldn't get a birth certificate and insurance. So it was looking like the safest option, especially around the start. And we did really look into it. We told our immediate family that I was pregnant when I was around six weeks so that they could all be poised by their passports if we decided to go along and do a shotgun wedding. Then I really seriously looked into eloping somewhere cool like Zanzibar or Seychelles. At the start, we planned to get married before the 12-week mark, but my God, was I sick. I had an awful pregnancy, so we just didn't figure that out at all. And then Rich was going to do it. He got COVID. All of these things, looking back now, it was how it was meant to plan out, but just so many things got in the way of us actually going ahead and booking a wedding. The long and short of it for me, though, when it comes to marriage and all of that, personally, my parents are divorced and they got married when they were pregnant with me. So I've always had a bit of a flip-flopping view on marriage. And this is where I guess I don't want to be controversial by living in the UAE and saying this because I really want to respect the cultural norms around sanctity of marriage and the family values here. But I guess they just really don't align with my own values because if I was still living in the UK, I really had no plans to get married at all. Rich did want a huge party of a wedding, but I personally wasn't bothered. And then when we moved to Dubai, knowing that we wanted to have babies, we discussed that we would probably get married at some point if we wanted to stay here. But really, it wasn't front of mind at that point. When you've just moved to Dubai, you just want to party and travel and focus on your career and have fun, right? So this whole situation was a huge stress throughout the pregnancy for me because we just had no idea how things were going to pan out. For any pregnant and married mums out there, I guess there are two things that you really need to consider The insurance, number one, and number two is the birth certificate. We were really lucky with our insurance that I was covered. And I'm sure it is now a requirement, but practically speaking, most insurers still are not covering unmarried mothers. They haven't caught up with the law, basically. So this is where you're going to need to consider your own financial situation. Have a scout. You will see that hospitals all have their own maternity and delivery packages, which you can pay for yourself. This is what we were tipping towards because we didn't realise I was insured. The risk factor there is that this does not cover if something outside of your control goes wrong. So if that baby ends up needing to be in NICU for weeks on end, you are going to end up with a very large bill. So if you're not comfortable with that, then your option is to pay a lot more for some insurers that know you're pregnant already. It's obviously going to be a lot more, but it would work out well in the long term if you did have some some sort of situation, right? And then ultimately, your other option is to head home still to have uh, to give birth. So that all comes down to your own finances. Your next consideration is the birth certificate. Now, I'm very wary that this episode might date really quickly. 
um, in regards to developments around the law in Dubai, because the law is always changing and developing here super quick, especially um, especially in Dubai compared to other countries. So I'm guessing this is all going to change pretty quickly. Anyone listening, I'm recording this in June 2023, and I personally gave birth in October 2022. Actually, just a week after I gave birth, they apparently simplified the process slightly uh, for the birth certificate. So I'm really hoping it's just going to get easier and easier. But as it stands, we actually ended up paying someone 3,000 dirhams. Because obviously when you've just given birth, the last thing you want to be sorting out is getting approval from a judge. I find the bureaucracy of Dubai quite difficult anyway, let alone when I've literally just had a baby. And I'm not going to lie to you, it was still a really annoying process. But it got sorted within, I think it was just over a month. So I can't really complain. The frustration, though, came at every stage. We submitted it to a judge who then asked for our marriage certificate. Why would we be going through a judge if I had marriage certificate? I don't know. (laughs) But And also, how can a judge not be up to date on the law? So they uh, declined it, and then we had to go back to another judge who then approved it. But thank God we had someone going through this, doing it all for us. And then, because it had just gone over the 30 days, our hospital couldn't get the stamp. I mean, it's all hazy to me now. I, I was in the depths of newborn life but I'm sure there was a stamp to then get the actual birth certificate and Rich had to go and do that and they had said oh no you've got to be married and again we were like this is your actual job how do you not know the law has changed (laughs) but anyway we got there in the end and I really don't think that's going to be people's experiences now so I just want to be uh, really honest about our experience I guess Funnily enough, though, some ladies I had met pregnant had all gone and got married in Abu Dhabi when they were sort of six, seven, eight months pregnant just to avoid this whole judge situation. And they actually ended up having to pretty much do the same thing, the court thing too, because of the short time between their marriage and giving birth. So I was quite relieved that we hadn't ended up opting for that route to go and get married only to end up in the very same situation. What you really do need to consider when it comes to the birth certificate, though, is your relationship. So it may be legal to have the baby unmarried here, but both parents need to acknowledge that child. We both signed something for the judge to say she is ours and we'll care for her. If you have the same values as me, this obviously is quite hard to stomach, as if we won't care for the baby or acknowledge her because we don't have some marriage certificate. But there we go. It's a cultural difference, right? So you just have to deal with it and respect it. If you are in a situation where the father is not ready to accept the baby, then I would strongly suggest get some legal help or consider your options to have that baby elsewhere. As at the time of recording, this is still quite a major consideration for actually getting a birth certificate. And without a birth certificate, there's no insurance, there's no visa, there's no passport. Another question I get a lot is, can I go and seek healthcare whilst married, whilst unmarried and pregnant? And the answer is absolutely yes. Gone are the days where the doctor had to report you if you came in pregnant and unmarried. So please don't be scared of this. Go and get healthcare if you need it. Just pick yourself a place where you feel comfortable with a doctor that you feel comfortable with. For me, I had zero issues at King's. So I hope that someone out there has got some benefit from me telling my little story. I'm so happy personally with how everything turned out and grateful that I was able to have my daughter here in Dubai at such a fabulous hospital with a great doctor. Oh, 
And now I am engaged. <laughs> so I did get that moment instead of a shotgun wedding. I've got the engagement. I've got the ring. Um, but I still have zero plans to actually plan a wedding. So no rush here. I mean, I've literally just put all my savings into starting a company. So if Next of Kin takes off, then we will fly to Italy or somewhere lovely and have a dreamy, dreamy wedding. So before I get into our mum lemmas, let's lighten the mood with a dive into my Google search history since becoming a mum. <laughs> I kind of wish in a way that I'd been doing this podcast right from the start of having Bonnie because it's been such a mad roller coaster. But it's probably, I mean, it's probably for the best that I didn't. How could I do a podcast with zero brain power all time? I don't even know. But for content ideas and to kind of get myself back into that mind frame from a few months ago, I went and had a look back at my Google search history to see what was playing on my mind and what people might want to hear about. And I know everyone tells you not to Google anything, especially when it comes to health. But obviously, we all ignore that, right? And we all just Google everything under the sun. So let's have a laugh at my expense. (laughs) These are a few of the things that I have asked the oracle that is Google since I've become a mum. And I will try to remember some of the context too, if I can. Number one, is it a full moon? Subtext, why has my child gone mental? I know it wasn't a full moon. Number two, is Next of Kin a good brand name? This made me laugh so much because as if Google is going to come back to me and say, yes, that is a good brand name. Number three, accidentally changed my Mac keyboard to Arabic. Clearly, I Googled that on my phone, but that was an hour of my life I lost. Number four, average weight of a two-month-old. Number five, when do babies stop screeching? Did anyone else's baby do this around the three, four months? I think we had a good two months of her just squealing and screeching as loud as possible. Not in a bad way. She wasn't crying. She was just a really high-pitched screech. That was awful. (laughs) Number six, what are the tiddly-tubbies called? Oh, if anyone doesn't know, the Teletubbies seem to have had babies. It's weird, but they're called Tiddlytubbies, so that's great. Number seven, average weight of a three-month-old. Average weight of a four-month-old. Average weight of a five-month-old. Number eight, what is the smallest-sized baby crocs? Number nine, why do newborns grunt? And again, I do not remember this at all. Do newborns... They must grunt. I I honestly can't remember it. Number ten, how to get rid of ghosts? Did everyone else's newborn look straight past them and sort of smile and interact with something behind them? Because it's super creepy. There was this one time that we nearly saged the whole apartment, but um, I was too tired. I couldn't be bothered. Number 11. Do breastfeeding mothers get colds? Yes, they do. Don't know why. (laughs) I clearly just thought it wasn't fair that a breastfeeding mum could get a cold. (laughs) Number 12. 13 week old won't sleep followed by 13-week-old won't go in a cot. We all know how that panned out. Number 13, average weight of a six-month-old. So basically 20% of my Google search history is to do with weight, and it just turns out my kid is huge. Number 14, baby urinating a lot. Number 15, April Fool's ideas for boyfriend. Okay, even Rich agreed that pranking him to find out his, his reaction if I told him I was pregnant again would have been quite funny but I personally can't hold a straight face, so no pranks happened. Number 16, what is an osteopath? 
And literally no one knows. I think that's the answer. I don't think osteopaths really know. They're amazing and everyone knows they're amazing, but we literally have no idea what they do. Number 17. Okay, another businessy one here for you. I bought a domain, now what? (laughs) Oh dear, clueless. 18. And this one slightly breaks my heart to read back, but I had Googled, can you kiss a baby too much? (laughs) Oh. 19 postpartum achy knees and no one told me about this and it was only my friend who's pregnant at the moment who mentioned that she was really achy all the time this brought it back for me but I had a good two months of postpartum achy knees and my doctor said it's quite normal and something to do with hormones and breastfeeding as well that makes you ache even more I literally couldn't get on the floor or get myself up for ages okay let's round this up at number 20 Why is my four-month-old constantly fussy? Followed by four-month-old refusing bottle, four-month sleep regression, and can a four-month-old have a temper tantrum? So I guess you get the picture. My baby just did not like being four months old. Okay, one more bonus one here. Why is everyone obsessed with Prime? And no, I'm not talking about Amazon Prime, you grandma. On to this week's Mum Lemma. I'm going to be back in the UK in July, so I am starting to write my shopping list of things to stock up on. So I want to know, what do you stock up on when you head back to your home country? I can tell you my list so far includes teething bits like Ashton and Parsons, you know, the teething powders. Why have they not bought these to Dubai yet? I do not know. Also stocking up on all the bath time bits for the baby because it's so much cheaper back home. Then we've got to go to Primark. We've got to get hair ties, pyjamas, socks, all of those things. Generally, I am just looking forward to reasonably priced clothes. Have you seen that we paid nearly double here for Zara? It's insane. But don't worry, I am working on that for the babies. Teaser alert. (laughs) Cowpol, of course, even though she won't drink it, but I feel like I should stock up. Anyway, we probably won't be going back for another year after that. So is there anything I need from the UK to head into these toddler years. And after putting out the mum lemma, I like to give back in some way. This week, I want to recommend to you a product by a local Emirati brand, which is Flow Fit. And it's one of their products in particular, which is the sports bra. The reason I want to recommend it on a parenting podcast is because of a few features. Firstly, it's front zip which A, makes it easy to get on and off. It's no fun trying to squeeze yourself out of a sweaty sports bra. B, it means it's breastfeeding friendly, especially if like me, when you put on your gym stuff, you then put off going to the gym for the whole day. So that's always good to have. It's also high support, which you may need during pregnancy and breastfeeding. (laughs) But they've also combined this all with adjustable Velcro straps on the shoulders and around your rib cage. So this means it can easily grow with you throughout the pregnancy and also as you change shape after. So that's FlowFit. They are flowfit.ae on Instagram. Again, this is completely unsponsored. I bought this with my own money. So you don't have to check out that particular brand. I just like a small local brand shout out. But of course, what I'm trying to say is the zip front and the Velcro adjustments on the bra is what makes it great. So you could go and have a look at other brands. Anyway, thanks for listening, gang. If you hadn't noticed, I'm actually in a proper podcast studio today, feeling swanky and professional. I might even have some proper footage from this recording. 
at the moment I seem very anonymous on the gram, but I'm usually sat there recording in like an old armchair with my phone and laptop and everything just piled on top of me. I'm probably in leggings at that point, no makeup, because I've just managed to squeeze in an hour when everyone's out of the house. (laughs) So that's why there is no footage so far, but hopefully I'll get a few snaps from today. But the reason I am here in a proper recording studio is because I want to get things a bit more professional because I've got some lovely guests who are coming to join me. So do stay tuned for that. Super exciting. So I'm not sure how many people this episode is really going to appeal to. It's kind of a niche subject, the unmarried mothers. But if you are an anxious unmarried mum, my inbox is always open to you. As always, if you enjoy the show, please rate, review and subscribe and join the community I'm growing over on Instagram. It's at nextofkin.ae. For suggestions, feedback, mum lemmas, the email address is podcast at nextofkin.ae. See you next week. Thank you.